Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Provincial State of Mind. Myself, Owen Harrison, Jeff Neville and Tom Savage. This is a podcast focused on all four Irish provincial sides in both the URC and European competitions. We discuss what happened the previous weekend, what we can expect from each province in upcoming games, as well as any major off-field news. Well, Jeff, how was your weekend? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. Uh, I had my first 99 of the summer. Nice. Yeah, so summer is officially here now in my books. And are you uh, are you a sauce man? Uh sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. The odd time I'll get the lime green one, but I'm happy just with El Clasico. You know, just just put the ice cream on it, stick a flake in it, let me move on. But what I like to do is I like to push the flake right through the middle of it into the cone itself, and. Degenerate behavior. As you kind of, yeah, no, this is a bit strange, <laughs> but uh, no less strange than the story you just told us in the first go of the intro. But anyway, um, the, yeah, but you just push the flake into the kind of cone itself and then you kind of get an ice cream chocolate sandwich as you get down. So don't knock it till you try it. But yeah, first 99 of the summer there on uh, on Sunday and it was unbelievable. So that's that's my life at the moment. That's probably the highlight of my weekend, I think. You eat the... Oh, no, I was just going to say, you obviously don't, but like as in, when I get where I get a 99, it's like flake first, then yeah, the ice cream. Yeah, um, I understand where you're coming from, but I, I usually just do just make the kind of ice cream sandwich thing. When we get a 99, my wife doesn't actually like the flake, so sometimes I get two flakes. So It's a mega 99. <laughs> Like it's unreal. So that way I actually get to eat the flake first nine, nine, nine. and also get <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. So anyway, that's that's about the highlight of my life now, but it really is the best ice cream, I think. But uh I'm afraid to ask on, but we're going to ask, how was your weekend, Tom? Grant. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> Okay. And how are you on? Are you well? Yeah, I'm. I'm good, thanks, Jeff. Uh, I had a, it was my birthday over the weekend, so um, happy birthday, kid! Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, yeah, getting closer to it. Fucking Not quite unne- there, but getting closer. Unnecessary. <laughs> oh, shots fired! Oh. I'm okay because the thing is, I'm going to look 35 for at least another 10 years, so I'm just going to roll with that. But then I'll be 60 instantly. <laughs> Owen's a bit like yeah. Paul Rudd. He's probably looked the same age for the past twenty years. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. The only thing that's happened is the hair has got a bit grayer and the beard has got a bit grayer now over the last few like years. Only, but like, thing is, only a small bit. Like you'd have to be observing it. Oh no, it's it's definitely going. Uh, if the beard gets a bit, uh, what you call it? Uh, oh, I thought, I thought, bit, I thought, it, I thought it you were Paul Rudd. <laughs> it was very Santa Clausy. Like he's like a vampire. Um. Yeah. I. I. I what age would I put in you? Oh. Forty-three. Well, oh, I'm doing well then. I'd say yeah, yeah. I would have said forty-two-ish, maybe. Uh, a little bit older than that. I won't give away all my my Your secrets secret. here. Okay, keep your secrets. Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> in great form yeah it's almost like a story was told before be... we started recording again but don't tell that story again okay, all right, no. okay right we'll move on to the rugby then yeah that was a, that's probably the quickest intro we've ever had yeah well to be fair we've done two of them now not three of them yeah now. <laughs> three of them. that's fair actually <laughs> i suppose when you add it up we're here forever <laughs> for the actual take we're going to use it's pretty quick <laughs> right we'll kick off with well with the only game that we've watched over the weekend which was the Champions Cup final I watched uh, the Champions Cup 20s. game but we're not going oh, did you watch that I watched it as well yeah she's Glasgow word pants they'll be gutted yeah, they, it was they, a real, they were it was, so much better than the way they played it was a real shame wasn't it So that's all we're talking about the Champions Cup. That's it. Champions Cup. Real Champions time. Cup done. Moving on to the Champions Cup then. Leinster 26, La Rochelle 27. Brilliant final. 
from is neutral this, anyway. Is this the best Heineken Cup final you've ever seen? Yeah. From a game quality so. perspective. Yeah. Like, I, think from, I, think, I think we can all agree that like probably the best ones we've seen are the ones that Munster have won because we're directly involved in it. Yeah, the and emotion if, of it, but the quality. Remove, if you remove the bias, like if you remove the, the partiality of it, easily the best Heineken Cup final I've ever seen. Without a doubt, like. Just like, it's kind of, it, 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 I mean, it wouldn't be hard to script it because if you look at any sports movie, there's a, you know, one team goes into the lead and then the other team comes back and wins it really late. But like, you can script anything you like. Look at Avatar. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Who um, would have thought big blue sexy cats would work, but they go, do. Golden Eye, you know? You could, who saw that coming? Yeah. You can script anything. But like, I think looking at the, the way this game played out, when you consider how the previous two games have played out, especially last year, so many similarities. Um, these two teams, Leinster and La Rochelle, seem to fucking hate each other, first of all. And second of all, just the like the intensity that this game was played at. I know people are going about like test intensity. To be honest, this seemed like something you'd see like a World Cup final or semi-final or something. It was just brutal, the physicality. And it's really hard to like somebody had to lose it, but I don't think any team played particularly badly. It was just a really, really good game and probably exactly what we would have hoped coming into it. Incredible game. Like, absolutely unbelievable. You look at Leinster's opening, and straight away you were like, holy days. Like, that's not how a final is supposed to start. Absolutely not. I don't, think any, I don't think anybody could have lived with him. No. That first 10, Ab- 15 minutes. Absolutely not. It was a case of, um, like, finals. You know, like, you see two heavyweight boxers first opening round, and they're just jabbing. Just, what's going on here? Who You know, is there a weakling somewhere? Leinster just came out swinging, just we're going for it. And in that first 15 minutes, like you're watching it, I remember they scored that first try and I was like, Jesus, what a start. Second one, you're like, whoa, this is unreal. And they scored the third one and you're like, what is going on here? Like, I genuinely what, thought there for what? a while that like Leinster would go to 25 plus points and then that would be that. And it's like, how did they do it? I, well, you, can, you have an idea how they would have done it, but still, it's just like in such a big game to start so well. It's almost like everything Leinster wanted the game to be in the first 10 minutes. That's exactly how it was. And it was the exact opposite for La Rochelle. Anything that they didn't want, that's exactly how it was. Fuck, it's like it just as a game, just uh, you're endlessly rewatchable. So much stuff you see here because it was so fascinating between like if two teams play each other in big enough games or close enough games to each other. There's the reaction and the counter-reaction and the counter to the counter-reaction. That's why this game was so interesting. And like how Leinster looked to adjust from last year compared to this year. It's almost like they doubled down on everything they've been doing all season long. And same with La Rochelle. Just unbelievable. I think what I like about the game is, and we're going to see it probably here now as we talk about it for the next half hour, is I can bring up something then Owen can bring up, like, yeah, that was good, but what about this? Then Tom can bring up something and be like, yeah, both of those were good, but what about this? And I can be like, well, all three were good, but what about that? Like, it's literally a case of 80 minutes of one-upmanship constantly throughout to the point where there's so many talking points that, like, I remember being in work on Monday and someone was like, geez, great final. And you're like, where do you even begin? Like, I'd begin at the start, but then you want to talk about the end. And then there's the whole, you know, middle period. And it's just like, where do you actually begin? But yeah, that start, think, that, that start from Leinster was freakish. Like, I think as well, for Owen, I think it's time you had your victory lap. For what? Do you want, do you want to take it now? For what? The scrum. <laughs> hey, look, I've been banging on about that for two years now. I'll... I leave it go. I'll I'll quietly sail off into the sunset. There. <laughs> you mean you mean the scrum when Leinster got three points off it when <laughs> in the forty seventh minute dominance and you're, kind of, and you're kind of like hmm that that should that should actually be part of a coaching course in how to buy three points. It was f- fabulous from that point of view. <laughs> it was literally 
I'm just going to scrummage sideways. My second row is going to break his bind and follow me in sideways so that we're both facing the touchline. And the referee's going to give us the penalty anyway. Scrummaging at 90 degrees. Turns out this is really easy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why everybody's giving if, up with this. If you're a loose head prop, it is probably the easiest way to scrum. <laughs> like, just putting that out there. Like, if any young loose head props listening here go 90, you won't get in as much physical bother as you think. It's it's fun. And it's and you should do let, it. Let the ref, let the ref decide. <laughs> do it. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, like going going back to the like the scrum, we've we've called that for two years. Andrew Porter has a significant problem when he when he gets set, he comes in on the angle. The La Rochelle exploited it. They drove him backwards, and while Leinster, it didn't cost them the match. It was certainly a significant platform that La Rochelle used because you could see when Leinster were, particularly in the second half, when Leinster were deep in their own half and they were trying to exit off scrum platforms and things like that, they were under so much pressure that Carbarlo and those, they were just, he, he was just tackling Doris at the back of the scrum and just knocking him backwards because he couldn't get up ahead of steam because the scrum was going backwards itself. Um, but going back to the start of it, the, the thing that I saw from the start of the game was, First thing I want to call out is I actually sent Jeff that exact line-out move for Sheehan's first try about two days beforehand. That was really on, weird. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember which teams were involved in it. It was like the some Spanish same. team or something. It's some Spanish yeah. video. And like I saw it Thursday and I think I replied to you and I was like, that is a filthy line-out. And then <laughs> yeah. Leinster ran it. And I was like, this what is the fuck is going on this, here. Yeah, it was like one of those out of body moments. I was like, I've seen this before. Can Owen see the future? <laughs> it was so like surreal. I, I, like, like, I turned to my was... wife and I was like, I watched that line out two days ago. Like, well, this is so strange. <laughs> I'm thinking Lancaster has like a secret feed into our WhatsApp group or something like that. <laughs> well, if he leaks the first intro. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't think anyone would link that first. Please don't. No, no one's going to go near that. But like, when, when leaked, you look can back we just it, state that it was completely Tom and myself and Owen were very much against it? Yes, um, very much. Anyway. Uh, but no, going back to like Leinster's start, I, I looked at it and it was seven minutes in, Leinster 12 nil up and only two La Rochelle players have touched the ball. Like what normally Hast, happens uh, in that scenario? Hastaway and Doolan, Kicking. and all, tr- all three were kicks. They haven't even had a pass. Not a and carry, like, not a pass. Can you imagine if, down. if you were one of those fans who kind of, you know, you got home late and you, you missed the first 10 minutes and you're like, oh, I'll just chuck it on now. I'm sure I didn't miss much. And you put it on. <laughs> it's like 17, 17, 17 nil, nil. And you're so like, what? excuse me? <laughs> Is this the second half? <laughs> What I liked about this game was just it was a perfect distillation of what Leinster have been doing all season. And to an extent, Ireland, but Leinster mostly, where they bait teams into giving them exactly what they want, which is one kind of transition ball or two lineouts. Like you look at every try that Leinster earned here came off the back of lineout. The second try came from a scrum, but that was from a 50-22 they got from a line-out. How did they get those? They kick long to La Rochelle. They pressure the exit. Ball goes into touch. Any team, I think, who wants to beat Leinster going forward, deny them kicking back the ball if you can avoid it, but 100% deny them line-out platform. Like, when you look at La Rochelle in the second half, I think they gave Leinster no line-outs in the second half. So Leinster had very few, uh, like where, where La Rochelle exit to touch. They had so few opportunities when you take that out of the game. It's the second and week like, in a row that's happened. And it's like, that's a, like, it, it, there's an, to an extent, that's a problem for Ireland. But like for Leinster in this game, it was a killer because like I was looking at some of the numbers that you were talking about in the WhatsApp group and stuff. And just, it feels like Leinster barely threw a shot in that second half. And it's like, it's kind of hard to fathom just how that second half went. But like, you look at what Leinster have been doing all season long. They kick to the opposition long down the middle of the field. They pressure the reception. 
when they get the ball back, they can make a decision as to whether to run it, whether to kick again and kind of double down on the momentum, or the opposition will just kick the ball out on the, on the full or kick it into touch or whatever they do. And then Leinster have some of the best line-out strike menu in the world, I would say. Yeah, and their accuracy in it. line-out is class. Like, it's one of the best in the world. Like. And, like, you look at the, the tries they scored directly from it, like, one or two phases after. Like, it's their best attacking platform by a million miles. When La Rochelle got rid of that, uh, certainly the ones that they voluntarily gave them, it was very difficult for Leinster to play. And I think that that's the, the massive takeaway for me as, Lent, as La Rochelle started to get back into the game um, was just how powerful just even that decision was. Like, let's not give them any line-out platform. Even when La Rochelle were under, under the pump in the last five minutes, they were still sticking to the system of not just booting the ball out. They were like, aiming for the tram lines, but they were going to go, well, look, we'll defend them. We don't want to give these guys too much line-out platform because when they do, they score. When you if, don't, when they don't have too much in that. If you look at uh, Leinster's last position, 75 plus change to about 78 plus change minutes there was a turnover involved and La Rochelle kicked it now the clearance itself was kicked like a dead duck it was a it was a poor enough kick but I remember watching it and again there was people on social media like why didn't why haven't they kicked that off the pitch and it's because you're giving Leinster a strike play it might be 35 odd meters out but like in my eyes, they didn't kick that to touch for a very, very good reason. Yeah. Um, I really liked how Leinster for that 50-22, that low kicked at the start offset piece. They just let they just kind of dragged La Rochelle across and then just snapped back. Same with um we saw it for Sheehan's try after the line out. He just stood on the touchline for 10, 15 seconds, and then that passed from Gibson Park. But it was really interesting later on when Leinster were pushing. They flicked a big right to left pass, um, Gibson Park through it. But La Rochelle had stacked, off. stacked up on that short side. Mm. They they you know, twice bitten kind of a thing. So it was um it was just interesting to see how little things like that played out. Like, I mean, twice it worked in the first half, one for field position and one for a try. Well, actually, ultimately both kind of were for tries when you think about the playing off it. But um the you know, you could tell at half time. Like stack that short side, don't get dragged across. That's exactly what happened. So like, there was loads and loads of little mini battles like that. Um, as I said to you off air though, like, I, I, well, I think you could look at every breakdown in that game and find a penalty. It was yeah. like the, it was like Brooklyn. the wild west inside there. Like, but there was a clear out for La Rochelle's last try, and for me, it is not dissimilar at all from Alato's clear out. It's a red card, I think. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And if it was mm. picked up, I think it's a different... Well, it is a very different ending to that game. Um, So I think, like, you know, that's probably... If you're, look, if you're looking at the breakdown, you're saying, oh, La Rochelle got this penalty or Leinster got that penalty. For me, it's... um, I, I think it kind of works out even enough. Do you know, there's things you got, things you didn't. You look at that scrum penalty from Leinster, that should have been a La Rochelle, but it was three points, Leinster, etc., like there's a lot that kind of works out, but for me that was that was there were two clear outs that just didn't stack up in terms of uh in terms of consistency. And I think if Alatoa had been sparked out the same way, um, was it Colum? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was 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 on the ground, and they looked at it again. You're looking at a, a completely different outcome in terms of uh, what would happen late in the game, but probably the big deciding factor for me was just the lack of drop goal. I still can't grasp it. Like, and I've looked at Leinster's last possession. People are saying, oh, you know, they were too far out, etc. No, they weren't. Not by any stretch. I mean, Natai carried that ball to within one meter of the try line. Like, and it was one of the best carries of the game. Probably one of the best carries of the competition. Like, it was a hell of a carry. Got it on the 22, brought it to about a meter short. Um, actually, off that breakdown, you look at who's blindside pillar. Who is it? Hastoy. Oh, just that moment we were looking they're at on, that. They're on the five yeah. meter man. They're on the line. There's about five meters to their left, and the only guard they have in the blindside is your ten. Ross Byrne is stacked up on the blindside, shouting at the forwards. 
to just get in for the next carry on the open side, then leaves the blind side. Ryan Baird stacks up that blind side again. Maloney comes right to left to act as nine because uh, Gibson Park, Park gets caught up by Skelton. He was being grabbed and held inside there by Skelton. Oh, which was the good shit house yeah. right there was yeah. unbelievable. But what re- what I just found mad was that Baird filled that blind side. Maloney came right to left. And you're thinking, you, you, like, I remember looking at it when Maloney came in and Baird is standing on the left and it's just Hastoy being the guard. I was like, oh, this is on. Like, this is two back five forwards against your 10 in a pick and go. Like, this is on. And he pops open to a pod that was lined if, up and stacked against La Rochelle. And you're just like, oh, my sweet Jesus. I think and if, if that's you, an... and if you look at low in that, sorry, I know I'm cutting across. Yeah. If you look at low in that. He came back and did the same. Yeah, but in the breakdown to begin with, he's using his arse in the back end of it. And he's just shoving all these La Rochelle ruckers just to the left um, or back open, let's say, I should say. And then he comes back and he also fills that blind side. Doesn't even look at it. And you're just like, sweet suffering Christ, it's on. But just nobody took it. I, I was going to say, if that's in the RDS, playing against Zembre, we're listening to Chelsea Dagger a couple of seconds later. Yeah. Like they put that in the corner, but pressure. Does it was phenomenal. Weird I mean, things to you. But if you go back and actually watch it, it's not that they didn't call for the ball. They didn't actually just look at what's in front of them. Like, like, just, like literally from as soon as that breakdown kind of becomes available or whatever, Ross Burns just shouting at the forwards to carry open again. And you're like, just look to your left. Just you look don't, left. I mean, you, you don't even is, see is there shouting first. Is that the system problem? Because once Leinster get into that sort of, I'll call it within five, 10 meters of the line, they go heavy carry, heavy carry, heavy carry. Oh, but there has right? to be an override in the situation. Like, this. Oh, you have to. I, you I know, to... but what I'm saying is, you look, you look, I look at what happened in, in that second half. And I think we said it was it's Leinster had from kickoff to 71. The, the 71 or 72 minutes, whenever the try was scored, they had 16 seconds of possession, right? They had between the 47th minute when they got the, um, the, the kick off the scrum that we spoke about and that try again around the 72nd minute or whatever it was. Um, they had 25 minutes of solid defending in their own half. They had one rook in the La Rochelle half in that 25 minutes. One rook. Then no carries, no passes. They made a break. I can't remember who it was. They made a break three meters inside the La Rochelle half. The ball came back and Gibson Park kicked it. They literally, everything was kick. And like some of the, some of the stats coming out of this, no one... Outside, or sorry, what was it? Uh, Leinster no, uh, no, made, no, out, no, outside back, outside, no outside of Ross Passed the ball, made a pass. Yeah, they made sixty-eight passes in total in a game, in the game. And when you take out Gibson Park playing that off off the base of the rook, etc., there was only twenty-two passes, all coming from from nine forwards. of those were from Ross. Yeah, nine of those were from Ross Byrne. So at least thirteen passes for the forwards and nine for Ross Byrne. It felt that's, that, that's it because this is what I was talking about, like how Leinster were distilling their game down from the season so far to its purest form, which is counter transition rugby, where they kick the ball to you, you give them what they want. Except here, but, La Rochelle did not give them what they want. So, like I, I, I was lost count because I, when I saw that stat of Ringrose, Henshaw, none of these lads passing the ball. Now Natai did pass the ball twice. But when I saw that stat, I was just like, that can't be right. They've made a mistake here. But every single time they set up for either Gibson Park to exit long down the field or Ross Byrne to exit long down the field and then chase. It's like, we're going to chase. We're going to put you under pressure. You will kick the ball back to us or you'll kick it out into touch. We'll get a lineup platform to launch. Then we'll play. But when La Rochelle didn't give it to them, it's like there was like they had nowhere to go. It's just very weird. You, you see, that's happened that's happened to Leinster before and I've gone back and I've, I've put it up on Twitter where I looked at things like possession and territory and passes and tackles and things like that. And I put, I put the the thing up on, on Twitter for the, what was it for the final, the semi-final uh, the quarterfinal and the round of 16 against the likes of Ulster and things like that. They had low passes again um, and not as high in terms of the tackle count, etc. 
but what you can see is they dominated possession. They dominated territory. So they were in a position. Leinster, for me, are an, a conservative tactical team. They want to kick, as, as you've perfectly described. The only time Leinster want to play ball and actually do it is they actually play ball when they get inside the red zone. They play ball when they're on transition or they play ball when they're way, way ahead on the scoreline. They're willing to throw it around. Those are the three times they're willing to play ball. We said it last week, and if you, if anyone wants to go back and listen, more than welcome, we spoke about this, is that if this was going to be a tactical thing between an on-ball team against an off-ball team, and that's exactly how it played out again. It's As you said there, Tom, <clears throat> Leinster kicked it, La Rochelle took it, and instead of giving it back to, to Leinster, they just kept hold of it. And for that, pretty much that entire, whatever it was, 30-odd minutes um, of that in, of the uh, second half, the game was played in Leinster's half because Leinster kept kicking it and La Rochelle just kept bringing the ball back in, back in, playing phase after phase after phase back at them. It wasn't necessarily expansive. It, a lot of the time it was one out and it was power forwards. And I think that's what cripples Leinster versus the other teams. Someone like Ulster can play against Leinster, but they don't have the pack and the big forwards to win the game line battles to be able to continuously roll with that and rotate the heavy carriers. Someone like La Rochelle can do that. And they they absolutely pummel them within it. And I think people talk about, oh, it's only a point here and it's a point there. I think Leinster have a bigger thing to decide, which is do they continue to play off-ball rugby as a way to try and get that fifth star or do they need to adjust it because if they've come up against the likes of Saracens and La Rochelle now three times in a row against teams who can meet them with that and I think with the likes of bringing in um, what you call it the South African coach uh, Nienaber, Jack Nienaber after the World Cup you're looking at the same thing he is he is another off ball he's a, primarily a defensive coach but he's another practitioner of this off-ball tactic. And I don't know whether that's what's needed with Leinster. I think they're going to have to actually alter their tactics in attack rather than necessarily in defence to get them over the line on this. I would say as well that like it's a very difficult thing to change. Like... There's not a massive difference between the amount to, to, to between the like being a, a team who plays a little bit more. But like the thing is with Leinster, they're hugely efficient. Like they're the most efficient team in Europe. They rarely play out phases they don't need to play. Because again, everything's very finely balanced. And I think a lot of the stuff that we've heard, like is in where one, I don't think Leinster bottle this game really. You can no. you can look at any team that loses 17 nil no, no, and no, go, no, oh, no. they bottle it. it. You know, I don't think so. I, also who, I think for anyone who watched the Challenge Cup game the night before and watched the Champions Cup game. Yeah, like, that's closer to it. Yeah, 100%. But like, I also don't think that Ryan going off cost Leinster the game either. I think that Leinster's big start was always going to cost them physically one way or the other, where there was such high intensity for that first 15, 20 minutes, there was always going to be a drop-off. And when La Rochelle started coming back, their default game, I think, is a bad matchup for Leinster, as they showed. They can hang on to the ball for 11, 12, 13 phases and continue to play ball. Leinster, like they just, with the way that they play their game, we're always going to give La Rochelle more opportunities because like they were 17 and up, but there was a lot of the game to play at that point. And I think that when, when it went in, what, 23, 14 at halftime, it was very much game on at that point. There was like looking at that, I think when Leinster were only six points up as that second half started to wear on. I remember like saying to herself, La Rochelle, they're going to win this because they have so much ball. All they need is one score. I remember watching the second half and I think I tweeted it as well. And I was just like, Leinster are dealing with an awful lot of pressure. And they were getting turnovers and getting rid, etc. Don't get me wrong. But actually, if we're talking turnovers, did you see Boti as one where he like squatted over the ball? Unreal. Like... That that alone should be given a prize. Like he's that a prize should like be that created for that turnover. It was unbelievable. But back to the point, I suppose. Um, like you're kind of like they were de- like it kind of reminded me of some monster games where you're just like looking at Tyg Burn. He's getting turnovers on the five, and he's getting a couple of them, and you're like, 
this is great and all, but they only need to get lucky once. You know, like, and it kind of had that feeling of Leinster dealing with an awful lot of pressure. This is a huge task to keep up for the rest of the game. And uh, like, I know it told like, but it was just a case of maybe on ball against La Rochelle. Just change it a little bit. Change it up. I like, mean, they're top of the, they were top of the top 14 for possession and carries. Like, they'll gladly hold on to the ball. Like, they have no issue with that. So maybe just swap it up a little bit. I would say, too, that you can't do what you don't do, especially when it's a really high-level, high-pressure situation. Like, I think looking at the way that La Rochelle defends, especially during the breakdown, I'm not sure Leinster wanted to risk too much of those possessions especially when it's like when it's Ross Byrne running things who a decent player but I think like when you look at some of his decisions on phase play here ultra conservative like where you know didn't want to get too close to the line at all um like look Ross Byrne didn't lose this game for Leinster they didn't win it for them either I think looking at how the game broke down I just think that Leinster played incredibly well enough to beat the majority of teams they will ever play except this particular La Rochelle team playing the way that they do um, it's just an absolute like styles make fights game 100% it's just unbelievable how it played out just almost like well, almost like exactly like we were talking well I think you go back to what we said last week as well it's like you know La Rochelle are a terrible matchup for Leinster to lose are a terrible matchup for La Rochelle you know <laughs> And uh, uh, what you call it? Um, uh, Toulouse always get beaten by Leinster. It's it's those those three teams. It's just like those three are bad matchups against each other in various different ways. But once once the final came to it, I found it hard to see, and we we said it last week. Found it hard to see past La Rochelle because of the way they they could bring that style. I think Leinster start. And their ability to eke out the territory and the strike plays made it a closer final than it should have been, technically. But it was a brilliant start from them. But if you look at that, things shut down after about 20 minutes. Leinster tried to protect the lead. They couldn't play anymore because they weren't being given the platforms, the possession, the territory to do that. Um, and I think... If you're looking, if you're looking at it as a Leinster fan, as a Leinster coach, you've now got to figure out. You know, you can beat to lose. You've now got to figure out. Okay, how the hell do I beat La Rochelle? Because you can't. Like, it's absolute madness. In my, you can't, in my you can't beat La Rochelle the same way to lose. That's yeah, the thing. You've it's mad. exactly. You can't just go in with the same game plan and hope. Okay, let's kick the ball 40, 50 yards down the field and chase it, and hope we get it back. I tell you, Will Skelton can probably name his price now. That man is the king of shithousery. He literally just goes into a ruck and he can somehow come out holding like three opposition players down on the ground. I just get away with it. Elements of what he does is unplayable. Yeah. I remember James Lowe when he came to Leinster first, he was talking with the breakdown and he just made a very simple, very good point. He was like, when you enter a breakdown, you have to change the picture. And if you're not changing the picture, you've been ineffective. But when Will Skelton enters it, like, he destroys it. He doesn't just change the picture. He just destroys it. Like, you look at that rock we talked about when, when he sucked in Gibson Park. He's literally in it. He's ineffective. He's totally upright. And then it's almost like he's just decided I'm just going to fall into all these boys here now and they're going to have to, they're just going to have to rock me. It's that simple. And that's kind of what he does. He just kind of falls into Josh van der Fleer, kind of falls into Gibson Park, just keeps rocking through. And suddenly he burns three attackers just like that. And ultimately, you know, I'm not going to say he saved the game for La Rochelle because like, it's there was no guarantee that Leinster would score, but like he just made life a lot harder with just one action. Like he can name will, his price I, now. The other thing about Will Skelton, and I think it, it comes back to something Tom said there earlier on about James Ryan going. I think what happened when James Ryan went um towards the end of the first half, wasn't it? 
Yeah, no, um, 30 minutes in. Around 30 minutes. You look at the second half, and uh, La Rochelle were in the Leinster half for, as we said, the majority of it. Look at the lineouts that La Rochelle had. They actually went to Will Skelton so often at the front, and Leinster either were happy to concede that and got stung on the mall and were lucky that they were able to rip balls they can, they the end of those malls. 58 metres off the mall they conceded. Oh, it was criminal, like the amount. They were lucky that they were winning it. But no one was willing, no one was able to work that out in terms of the line-out. And I think, I think that's something James Ryan could have changed if he'd still been on the pitch. Because I think you had to put someone up at number two and get them to throw deeper. I think they were, they they conceded the mall far too easy on that on the mall setup, um, and I think was it someone said like Will Skelton took more lineouts in this match than he has in the entire tournament so far. I think it was Sam Larner, wasn't it? It was yeah, Sam, Sam Larner. Yeah, on that, like I mean, they they varied their game plan, they varied the tactics on that, and they set it up perfectly on that to to do it as you say. Will Skelton, he's like if he's part of the reason I think the Aussies could do so well at the world at the World Cup. You put him into that Aussie pack, he is a game changer. Like, what if you had the biggest player in the tournament? What if he was like super strong and like really heavy, so that like anything he did was like super effective? But also, he can offload the ball and shit like that. How about that? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> like it kind of watching that watching that game as well at the weekend. It really really highlighted that a big pack will get you out of a lot of a lot of holes like you know people people say like and i was i was actually only talking to someone about it the last day you know people say oh rugby you know it's a game for all sizes professional rugby certainly is not Not anymore no 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 like you're a forward like you're going to be big like it's that la rochelle pack really 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 did very well um like it's 17 nil down. A lot of it was down to the pack just eking shit out. Yeah. Like literally just yeah. working and working and working. Like for me, Leinster have played bigger teams. Like Toulouse, I think, are physically like man for man bigger than Arrow Shell. But like guys like Skelton and Aldris are just game changers. Tonio, just yeah. so Aldis, difficult to play against. Out, out of this world, isn't he? Ah, what a player. What a player. Those guys. Speaking of, of guys who have grown up, did you see the uh, the pictures afterwards? But uh, Aldrich getting the uh, Anthony Foley Award. Oh, it's from the with, with, with the, the with the two boys, the two boys who look two, like the two almost the same size. Yeah, two yeah. sizes are bigger, the same size or bigger than Aldrich. I mean, I'm going back to remembering uh, one of them was being carried around in the was it the 2006 Cup at the time. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. <laughs> he was he was only a little baby at the time. I remember me still had like a bib on and stuff. And now when you're looking at them there next to the, the grown players, it's what, scary stuff. What adjustments do you think Leinster need to make for next season? Is it personnel or is it style? I can see them I can see them looking to try and make big money moves. This is the I, thing. If Leinster dropped a goal in the last minute to win it, it's a very different conversation. If Leinster, oh, that's like, true. If, yeah. if Leinster won this game in the dying seconds with a drop goal or won a penalty and kicked it, regardless of what happened for the 78 odd minutes, you're celebrating a Leinster win and you're talking about how genius the start was and that they saw out the game. Yep. It's fuck, it's amazing what losing by one point can do to a conversation. I can see Leinster making big changes. I can see them making big moves personnel wise. I think I, I think, think they will. I, just, I mean, I think that's where the conversation is going. I think that you know a lot of the stuff has gone around that they didn't get the impact they wanted from Alatoa. They didn't get the impact they wanted from Jenkins, who signed you know sensibly to to fix this problem. I can see them making big moves because to lose the second final like this, I think will sting them into action. I feel. But I think you're right there. They've made those moves already. So they, they've made the moves in Alatoa, Jenkins, um, Natai, right? They're, they're the moves. They were the guys brought in, strengthen effectively the bench and bring them that they wouldn't get caught later in, in the games, particularly I, against I feel I feel like they, they signed Jenkins to start, though. I just feel it hasn't really worked out how they, how they, how they, they maybe visualise. 
and I think that that's a fair comment, but either way, like he, he would have been there to, to go with it. I think the question is, okay, how much are they willing to pay? How much are they going to be allowed to do it in terms of the IRFU's sort of framework on and uh, non-Irish qualified players as well? Maybe, they, like, maybe, they, maybe they have to pay out some of the guys they have already. Could be that they have to readjust that way. I think either way, they'd, they'd be spending money. But I mean, like I think you look at it, they've they got rid and they cleaned out all pretty much all their, their young second rows to get Jenkins in. Um fair enough. I I think the Alatoa situation was because they were losing the uh tight head props. Uh Salanoa went to Porter, and, and Porter was moving across to lose Cross and didn't they lose someone else to, to Connacht at the time? Anger. Anger. Yeah, you know. So that in itself was there. I mean Given the production line, I, I thought Natai was a, a fairly expensive um, sub to bring in for it. I don't know. Do they need that? I mean, he, he was very good. But I mean, like, as we said, if you're not going to pass the ball, I mean, as as we were talking about beforehand, Gary Ringrose has now played two Champions Cup finals and not made a single pass. I think like, it's system you, is a big discipline where the big change is needed, I think personally yeah. for me you, you've got to i think as you said they'll probably go and look at personnel particularly once i think they've got the coach in place but i don't see that coach um changing the sort of style overall too too much it's going to be defensive it's going to be kick orientated it's going to be strike plays um they're potentially looking to get maybe more of a second playmaker in there somewhere that they'll they'll have to do um very Maybe difficult with the central contracts, though, because you've got Keenan. Where do you put him? Yeah. There's nowhere to put him. Um, or how do you develop that? Because I think, you know, Nina Aber will look at someone like Willie LaRue and sort of how that's helped, particularly on the transition played at the box, too, and, and, and get that in. But as you say, I don't know where you fit that in or who, who becomes that player for Leinster. It's, it's a tough ask. Um, but the, the, the quick and, e- and sort of easier fix to try and do is just to get better players in. You know, you get a, you know, is it a, an Itzabet to go into the second row? You know, you go look for a big South African prop um, to, to sort of sub in behind either Furlong, who has, from an Ireland point of view, is a bit of a worry now in terms of his form and fitness. I don't think he was fit for this game. I think he soldiered on for as long as he could. Um, but I don't think he was fit at all. You know, he didn't take part in the, the captain's run on the Friday, um, barely lasted beyond half time. He hasn't really had a good game for Leinster in a long while. He's missed a lot of rugby, and now you're going into a World Cup where I think you've got potentially Finley Beelham is going to be a very, very big player for Ireland. I agree. Yeah. But look, it's time for the main event. Main event monster, right? Mm-hmm. The main event Saturday after. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we've had the minor final it's now on to the seniors I'm just pointing um, out that the boys in the URC are leaving it to very late in the day very very late for us to organise our visas very late and sign the contract Adam sign the contracts I'm, I've like I'm packed I've got my sunscreen I've I been have, trying to bit, I've been trying to top win, up my winter. I have my it's bus ticket to the airport in, all sorted what? South Africa winter in South Africa Tom oh my god I have to bring I've, a coat I'm lucky yeah. enough to have been in South Africa in winter. It is still very hot. So maybe a light coat, maybe a light jacket for yeah. the evening. A light, time. a light jacket for the evening. I heard it gets colder at nighttime. Something to do with the sun going, going away. away. Where does it go? So, Who knows? Who can say? Uh, well, it stays up there. It just turns around the moon. It's just the back of the sun. But the uh, that's true, by the way. Think, you know what? People think that they don't learn anything in this show. Just moon. proved you wrong. Just the back of the sun. That's a fact. <laughs> um, just, yeah. Uh, so they're leaving it very late in the day. So, Adam, we know you're listening. Just stop teasing. Just, you know, come on. Come on. Come on now. I, so it's Saturday afternoon, for half five, Stormers against Monster. I think this in tactics and style-wise is very, very close to the Champions Cup final. You have the Stormers who are effectively an off-ball transition team who like their strike plays and you have Munster who are a heavy possession team and you're going to see a similar type of a sort of um, matchup that we saw I think in the 
the Champions Cup final. I think Munster getting back the four guys, so they've got Snyman, uh, Fekitoa, uh, Murray, Murray and Nash, Nash all back in. So, I mean, that's that's huge for them. I looked back at the, um, what was it, round 17 of the... Oh, the, the Cape Town game. Yeah. And the, the one thing that stood out to me was how effective Munster's Mall was that day. They Very made unusual. absolute meters, meters with that. They, um, was it two or three, two, at least two of the tries came off Malls. Actually, the um, third one, I think, could have as well, wasn't it? It was the Mall move and then it was spun wide in the Blitz defense. And they got the penalty off it. So, like, you look at those, having someone like Orgy and, and John Klein in the second row, I think they'll probably go with the likes of Ty Byrne into the into the back row again and try and get a bit of size into it. I think you'll see um, Simon Klein, Byrne, Coombs, Omani. Yeah. Pr- I would be surprised if it was anything different. With maybe yeah. Kendallin and Hodden on the bench. 6-2. Yeah. I'd say 6-2. Yeah. It's, it's funny, though, because those four guys coming back, Snyman starts, Fekatoa starts. There's a conversation between Casey Murray. Nash starts for me. But this is the Nash. thing, like, if they go 6-2, one Earls of those two, out. Earls misses out, like. Yeah. It's it's tough. Now, in fairness, Nash starts for me as well on the basis of he's been doing it week in, week out and doing very, very yeah. well. Now, Earls did fabulous there two weeks ago, don't get me wrong, playing the full 80, having not played that much rugby. But ultimately it's not like Nash was missing out because he played poorly. He was missing out because he was, he was injured and or he, you know, he, 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 um, the, the return to play protocols. It's yeah. not like he was dropped or he was rotated. It was a fact that like you can't play, but now you can, and you have been doing well. And like that, if Munster goes six, two, Jesus, like it's, it's like, tough going. I was talking to, 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 I was talking on a podcast yesterday with Kaylin's podcast and like that, Kaylin S rugby folks, he's a good guy. Give him a follow. But he's we also were... sickeningly young. Yeah, he's crazy young. <laughs> I, thought, young. I thought I was kind of young, but like no. he was he was in a secret club there today, chatting, saying about how oh he went to primary school. I Get didn't this. actually read those messages. I just saw in, yours replied in, and left again. It's, I find it safer. I just don't get sucked in. It's a very dangerous place. Yeah. But he was saying that he was going to primary school in 2005. Oh, God. What? <laughs> he was starting like, primary school? Yeah. Oh, my God. What, like, what? Oh, my God. That's, that's the where we're at, though. Yeah, anyway. 50, though. <laughs> that's you. 50 <laughs> years of age. I'm getting, that sounds Are like you? I'm closer to 60. Are you his dad? <laughs> I could be his dad. <laughs> is he in your fighting ring? But uh, no, I was, I was chatting to him yesterday and I was like, there's going to be a number of conversations. Like, there's at least maybe 26, seven guys that you could put in the match day 23 or in the mix for it. And there's going to be four or five conversations that are very difficult to have. Now, you obviously have to have them, but like, like the three of us could sit down here now and pick a 23 and the three 20, the three twenty threes could be different, yeah. but they're still there on merit. Do you know that kind of way? And you could still argue it. So it's, 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 it's a, no, don't get me wrong. What a place to be in. Do you know what I mean? But it's funny just cause like someone mentioned there the last, you know, oh, those four are back. You're like, well, those four are back, but it means two very difficult conversations because yeah, like, like for me, Snyman goes straight in. You don't, oh, yeah, you, you, you don't to, not yeah. start that man. Like, mm-hmm. and Fekitoa for me goes straight in because he's been playing yeah. out of his skin the last couple of couple of months. Like, but it's the other two conversations. It's like, oof, like, they they will be difficult. Like, I I think the bench is the is the big one, and that that's a sign of where Monsters' depth is now starting to come back from the injuries. It's like, you know, do you go Witchley or Kilcoin at loosehead? Yeah, on the yeah. bench. Oh. Yeah. I'd have right. to go Josh over the last couple of weeks. But I, I'd, I'd, I'd like be the same reason like, why do you go, go with the, Do you go with the experienced? I think that's a valid conversation. I, I tend to go with yourself in, in the same as, as Witchley. Like you could say, I, should Jack O'Donoghue be on the bench? That's the other side of it. Like you, you, yeah. straight, you straight away went Hadnett and Kendellin. I see that's the that, thing. I last year's player of the year wasn't even mentioned. That's it. And like, 
I would say as well, if we're talking about the 6-2, after how well Rory Scannell played against Leinster, does he do take over Healy? Like, see, uh, see, ben Healy's been unbelievable. That's the thing. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, it's like and the thing is, Monster this year, because like I was in a press conference today with uh, Jean Klein, who was fucking outstanding. Did you tell him I said press hi? Conference. I actually took over the podcast for, or the, the, the press conference for around 15 minutes just talking about how's the, how's the, how's the young fellow at home? Yeah, yeah. He's how's so Jeff, Jeff, by the way, says hi. Yeah. Do you hear um, he gave a fella a lift home after a Munster match there a couple of months ago? I did. The fella yeah. was waiting for a taxi and he pulled over and gave him a lift. Yeah, I saw that. Out against the Troy or whatever it was. I mean, <laughs> do we need you say anything more? Like, <laughs> it's like the, like, he was basically it was put to him like about like oh you know you must be buzzing after beating Leinster and stuff like that and Jean Klein's mindset in this was like we don't get nothing for beating Leinster like he's like somebody said to him are you in bonus territory and he was like absolutely not like that's a weird question to ask a player yeah it's like absolutely not we're here we're fine we're here to win it like, so, like I think be- you could you could ask a fan that you could ask yeah. us that and we'd be like yeah do you know what considering season one this is a this has been a success already. Yeah, but like you say to a professional player, but he was like, if you lose that, like it's very strange. Like he question. he half reared up at him, like he was just like, we're like, is this is not what we're here to do? Like we're here to win this game. We don't get nothing for beating Leinster, which is fine, but it's like, like we don't really. That's that that means nothing to us now. And he was like, you know, like Munster, like we're just not here to beat Leinster. We're here to win championships. And it's like the way he delivered it was just like this guy is fucking serious. And it's like. It kind of gave a good glimpse into maybe the mindset that they've got this week, which seems a little bit different from the last couple of finals that we've been in. Like you look at the the rain, you know, the pandemic one, you know, where we were against Leinster, bad vibes heading into that. The you know the the one in, against Scarlets in twenty seventeen, there was an awful lot of emotion with that as well. I get a big, just here for fucking business feel, off Monster this week, and it's I, like we've got that's that. The selection all, is so hard. Got that all year though. Like you, yeah. you, you nearly got that feeling heading to South Africa and need seven points across two games. So be it. We're just going to go do it because we have to. And you do get that mindset off it. And you do get that feeling. But like a guy like John Klein, I mean, you're heading into a final of a URC. He's played what, 19 games in a row now? Something like that. On yeah. the bounce, 19, 20 odd maybe. Like, of course he's thinking to himself, I'm not after getting the shit kicked out of me for 19 games. Oh, we're just happy to be here. Like, no, 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 no way. No. That's not no, how they're no, approaching no, no, no. it at all. You have a guy That's... like Snyman who is a winner. Like he's a world cup winner. Fine. But lost... he's come back from two ACLs. He lost two years of his career. Yeah. You think Finds he's himself just happy in a to final. be there? Like, no. Peter Mahoney. Never Fella. like isn't he? He hasn't won anything with Monster as a senior player. Like is it? You know what I mean? A, for happy years, to, happy to be there. Fuck, no. Absolutely not. This is no. like and it, like you can put the same argument out on the other side of the coin. These Stormers players are there to win as well. Like you've Kitchaf, Malherbe, uh, they're all winners. Like they're also winners. So the these, these guys, are, there, these guys but, are the reigning champions. You know, but yeah. like they're at home. But like Monster's approach to this, from what I can garner anyway, is far from bonus territory they're fucking here to do a job they're here to fucking win but players measure themselves off silverware though oh yeah Yeah, like it's it's the way it is like if you talk to Keane Healy for example who played in a record seven final there the weekend what's he going to remember that for like not not the fact that it was his seventh final like it's they, they measure themselves off silverware and like if the likes of these young monster players which have come through big time this season but like actually even looking at the likes of the Hadnett, i think i said this last week he played like 16 games last season as well which just doesn't seem to register for some reason register like, that actually doesn't really scan with me either yeah it's, I it's believe a strange it's true. um but like give them a taste of silverware like get, let them know what it feels like right and all, all season we were kind of talking about Roundtree, but I was, and I was saying like, like when they got drawn to go to South Africa in the last 16 or when they had to go to South Africa for seven points or whatever, like an internal bit of Roundtree would be like, we'll see now what these fellas are made of and we'll see who wants this. Give these fellas a taste of silverware where they win a medal, right? Then watch them come back at preseason and be like, okay, let's see who's happy to settle here. 
it's a very way of seeing the wood from the trees, if you get me. And again, obviously they have to win the game first, and I'm kind of just jumping past it. But if they do win, let's say, yeah, it's it's incredible given it's season one of an entire entire um, transition period. Rebuild. Once yeah. Or rebuild. Yeah, that was the word I was looking for. Like, obviously it's unbelievable, and obviously it's fantastic, and obviously it's a great achievement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But leading into year two of the rebuild, if they head into year two as champions, it's a chance to see, okay, you were champions. You need to push on further. Yeah, and back it up now. Yeah. Which would be, which would be different. I mean, they've got, to, they've got to win the game first, but how are your, like, what are you thinking, like, lads, like, the, the game? Like, I'm going back and forth between there's no way we're losing this and Heartbreak Hotel. The head and the heart for me are kind of aligned. Mm. Like, there's just a lot of momentum, a really good place. They're against a team that's never beaten them in the URC. They're going back somewhere where they won nigh on six weeks ago, five weeks ago, like. Yeah, something like that. They have an influx of four big, big players coming back in. It just feels good. And if we're going off vibes and vibes alone, like, I've, you know, I'm going for it. Like, I'm, I'm saying Munster are winning this game. But I'm absolutely not at all blind to the fact that they have someone like Damien Willemse or Libok who can just create something or Malherbe and Kitchoff, Malherbe in a scrum, Kitchoff and breakdowns, etc. That is not lost on me. That is very much clear to me. They are very big threats. But I'm just... Like we said it about Glasgow, we or we said it down in South Africa. There was a feeling something could happen. We said it about Glasgow. We said it about Leinster. Like I'm going, I'm going Munster here. I just have a feeling something special could happen. I'm going to go Munster as well. I for all the things I think they've they've gone down to South Africa. They've beaten the Stormers, drew with the Sharks, went to Glasgow, beat Leinster without their their top well four of the big players that they needed. They're coming through. They're they're doing this. I think this is the healthiest probably the squad has been all season, um, and in the best form. I do think that they're they're going to find it tough. I think the pitch, particularly when it comes to the scrum, I'm hoping the the pitch actually evens things out. That the ref will have to take that into account a little bit. I think Munster have a mall that can hurt them, and I think Munster will have to do similar to what Connacht had to do previously which is that they're they're going to have to hold on to the ball for long periods they're going to have to freeze the likes of Willemsa and Lewak out and take them out of the game as much as possible and make them passengers in it and if if they can get that ball and play time up to 44 minutes again Stormers struggle yeah who knows Stormers could struggle um and we haven't seen a, a resurgence from someone like Stephen Archer. I I certainly haven't seen that in the last couple of months. Coming, I mean, like the guy's turned into a world beater at this point in his career. Like he really is. Um, I'm just I'm all aboard with Monster. But to go with my predictions for the last few weeks, I'm going to predict the Stormers. But on Monster, are you going for the Stormers? Yeah, because I picked Glasgow. I think I picked Leinster as well beforehand. So if I pick Munster, it'll probably be unlucky. Oh, good, take one for the team. I'm I am. Go. I am way ahead in these predictions. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> oh no, it's not even for the predictions. It's because if I pick sure. Munster, it will be unlucky. Sure, sure, sure. Hart says Munster, so I'm gonna go with that. At the same Please. time, if you can't back your team in a final, when can you back them? Yeah, it's just just fucking win it. Yeah. Just no, go fucking around. Just, no, just fucking win it. Just do it, please. <laughs> it's very simple. Just, just, just go win, win the, the thing. We'll just just go win the game. That's it. Score more points. That's it. Right. We'll be sure, up be there, sure to send it on to the team. Yeah, I've actually, when I was uh, texting Sean Klein there the last day um, to say hi to you from me at the presser, um, I told him, listen, just tell Roundtree there at the weekend. Actually, tell Prendergast because, you know, attack coach, just more tries. That coach will need to notice, yeah. yeah just yeah. just more points. Tries are good. Penalties are good. Drop goals are fine. They all they all have, I don't know if you notice, they all have certain amount of points or number of points awarded to them. Mm. So you want to get the tries because you're allowed to kick for two more kind of a thing. So I was, I kind of said that, you know, make sure you tell Mike that now, uh, you know, in the, in the build up to this. But 
ultimately just score more points than the other team and the rest kind of takes care of itself, you know. Easiest way to win a league, it's a fact. Just score more points. We'll round it up there, folks. Thank you very much for listening to our ramblings and for supporting the podcast. Please do rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you listen, as it really helps. And be sure to share the podcast on social media. Hope you have a good week, and the three of us will be back next week to chat again.